Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And my co-host, Jason, is actually going to be off tonight, so he can go ahead and enjoy, enjoy his family tonight. And uh, we're going to go ahead and crush it. So we have a very special guest for you guys today. It's uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, he's a nationally known author, speaker, radio host, with more than 30 years of ministry experience in his pastor on ac uh, academic arenas. Uh, if you guys could, uh, please welcome him. And, and and if you could, you can go over the books that you have available so people know. And I don't I don't want to, uh, you know, mess up on the titles or, you know, tell the wrong book. So if you could, you know, tell them the books that you have. You bet. Hey, thanks, Josh. My pleasure for uh, being here. You guys are doing great, great work. Uh, so, yeah, what, my last three books is when I finally decided to uh, put in into writing what I had kind of been researching in, in earnest the last 18 years. So I went down the rabbit hole about 18 years ago, give or take, uh, and just started realizing that uh, most of what I thought I had learned in terms of the mainstream narrative and, and history, particularly U.S. history, uh, was a lie. And so uh, I started out uh, in 2022 with Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And then uh, it was originally going to be one volume, uh, and it was kind of the culmination of an 18-part video series that we had put out the year before. But it became clear pretty quick that it, I wasn't going to be able to fit it all in one book, so we made it a two-volume set. So Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1 and 2 came out in 2022. And then last year, we kind of uh, released the third uh, book in the triad called Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy. Uh, folks can learn more about those books at spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. And uh, we list the table of contents. We list the entire preface of each of the first two books there. Uh, and, you know, since you're kind of, a, you know, interested in conspiracies, I think your audience will appreciate looking through the table of contents. And I promise you they will find uh, multiple topics there that resonate. And uh, so I just, I love waking people up to uh, the reality of uh, of how the world really exists. And we do too. We love that. And um, we love to have guests like yourself that that uh, is not afraid to, um, and you're a pastor as well. So uh, you're not afraid to speak about conspiracies. I, I noticed that uh, some pastors, I think, I, I don't know if it's, I know the congregations have um, probably like a board of representatives and they probably want to, Hey, I'd like you to stick with these type of things. Please don't go outside the box. And um I know there's one pastor for in in particular that um he he was part of a, a big church and he was he was keep t teaching his messages and what he did is he went to a flat earth conference right and he started finding out about biblical cosmology and what he did is he went to that conference and they actually fired him because they were like why, why would you go to something like that and what he wanted to do is he wanted to uh, present a message on that particular subject which is like you know in the conspiracy friend realm. And he got fired for that. And I'm like, wow. So um, it's it's just interesting. I think that it happens a lot, you know, where I think maybe they uh, they want to stay away from the Giants, the Genesis 6. Uh, they want to stay away from some things like the firmament. They want to stay away from a lot of things. So I'm sure you know about this stuff. But um, it's nice to have somebody that 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 will stand on the word and, and still, you know, talk about these type of topics that people need to know. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because just this past Tuesday, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. I'm not sure when you're going to post it, but the previous Tuesday, just three days ago, I uh, did a prophecy night uh, uh, in Denver, and I, I spoke all about the, the Nephilim in Genesis 6, 
and uh, we post on a variety of platforms. Um, but we just recently started once again posting on YouTube because I had been banned from there about three years ago during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, we've been re we've been back on YouTube again for about three weeks, and sure enough, Wednesday morning it was on less than twelve hours, and they they dropped my uh, video on the the Nephilim and a variety of other uh, topics from Tuesday night. So, yeah, you know, we've never been afraid to um, you know to speak the truth, and I think part of it is. Um, I was really angry at myself when I realized how much I had been lied to, and I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. Uh, so like I say, that was roughly 17, 18 years ago. I'm 56, so that would have put me, what, uh, 38 or, or whatever, uh, 18 years ago. I'm not mad. I'm, I was public schooled, so you'll have to forgive my math. <laughs> hey, no worries. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, so I just felt like, man, I want to dedicate the rest of my life to exposing some of these lies. Now, I've been in ministry 35 years. We we, we uh, believe in the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. We want to share biblical truth with people. Uh, but this has really become our driving passion over the last, uh, you know, 18 years or so. Um, you mentioned our church. Uh, I'm really blessed because uh, I have a, a non-traditional arrangement with my church, Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver, Colorado area. Um, our primary ministry is with Not By Works Ministries and has been since 1999. But the Lord called us to be the teaching pastor there about uh, four years ago. And um, I get the best of both worlds because I have a great congregation, great leadership team, and I get to use my highest and, and best skills, which are teaching. I don't have to get distracted with a lot of the other uh, politics and you know the types of stuff that a lot of pastors uh, you know, uh, have to deal with. And so since the whole inception of our relationship was one of teaching, the, the church certainly knew about my uh, teachings and my background and my writings, and they embraced it. So it's been a win-win. It's, it's, it's the church is thriving, not by works is thriving. And as long as we can, until the Lord comes back, we want to keep getting up, getting the message out. Amen to that. I see you have one called the the Great Deception. Uh, hold on, let me see what that says. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, the, great last, the Great Last Day's Deception. Um, uh, what did I mean? I, I what what do you think that is going to be? Uh, that's a very important topic. I think a lot of people come up with. A lot of people have different theories on this. Um, I know that you can't just answer it in one <laughs> one no. one sentence. You know, I know that there's probably a lot to the book, but. Um, what was that about? I, I could see it says exposing yeah. Satan's new world order agenda. That type of stuff is interesting. What, what was it about? Yeah, was so that came out in 2012. Um, and uh, so uh, I've written 12 books. Um, most of them until recently were on general theology. Uh, I did have a, an end times textbook that's basically biblical eschatology, but none of the conspiracy stuff. Uh, but when I first woke up back in around 2007, 2008, um, uh, I, you know, went down the rabbit hole, as I said, we did a ton of research. My wife and I kind of walked this journey together and I was so eager to get something out there that that book you just mentioned was kind of my first attempt to, to cover the, some of the conspiracies. So it's a smaller book, uh, great last days, deception, exposing Satan's new world order agenda. Uh, the title comes from second Timothy three 13, uh, which tells us that in the last days, deception is going to get worse and worse. So uh, the last days in scripture, and that phrase is used multiple times in the New Testament, refers to the present church age. So the last days are these 2,000 years that we've been in since the time of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at a panoramic view of history, the only 
formal age to come, according to God's plan of the ages, is the kingdom age. And that won't come, of course, until Christ comes back uh, to inaugurate the, the millennium. So really, it's the Bible is, you know, it's appropriate that the Bible calls this the last days, because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is the final age until Christ comes back. Um, so that's what the last days refers to. And then the deception, of course, just refers to the fact that the closer we get to the Lord's return, the more easily people are going to be deceived. And, you know, and this is kind of a perfect storm not only are people going to be more easily deceived, but Satan and his minions are going to ratchet up the power of deception so that it's it's harder and harder to recognize truth from fiction. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, and and that's happening on on a wide scale in several different areas. Uh, and I think they really ramped up in 2019. You know, when when they pushed all everything forward, which you already know. I don't want to say because I'm on YouTube, but they really ramped it up. You know, and and it's been ramping up. It's almost like a slow release pill of, of of deception from, you know, even if you just watch TV, for example, you'll see like back in the 30s, you know, there's the women are just wearing full long dresses, nothing like that. And then you got the 40s and then the 50s. And then once they had TV, uh, the 60s, you know, you see like, you know, the hippie movement, you see like, you know, maybe they, they were like a bathing suit on TV. Now you got full fledged people naked on TV, you know, even on regular television, which is crazy, but it's almost like a slow release pill on on all different areas you know and um things are created to keep us away from the bible keep us away from god i think that's the main objective of satan i believe you know is to keep away keep people away from reading the word and to keep people away from knowing god you know and and getting saved you know it's it's his main objective right so um that's coming from all different angles scientific Big Bang theories, uh, you know, all that stuff. Everything is like a block wall to to stop you from believing the Bible and Genesis. So it just gets interesting. But I do believe the deceptions are are, are massive right now, and they're yeah. coming from all different angles. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it's it's a sign of the times to be sure. But you're right, Satan. Uh, uh, the Bible tells us in Second Corinthians four four, Satan's blinding men's hearts to the gospel. And yeah appreciate you saying that that because that's really what it's all about all of these other conspiracies and 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 there's so many of them out there and I, I always like to remind people I don't believe in conspiracy theories except the ones that are true yeah and so not not all of them are true but uh, many of them are and and so it's nothing wrong with us being truth seekers trying to study the evidence look at the facts and you know if it's if it's one that you don't uh, that the evidence doesn't support it fine move on but uh, you know, there's so many of them. All of them, though, are uh, you know an attempt to lead us away from the gospel, and uh, that's what we're passionate about here at NBW Ministries. NBW stands for Not by Works. Uh, mm -hmm. Comes from Titus three five. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. So one of the great things that has happened as more and more people are waking up, and, and like you said, 2020 was a big part of that, yeah. is it's giving us an opportunity to talk about spiritual matters and uh, things of the Lord with an audience that maybe before was, was not as open to talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think uh, generationally, like, like for my dad, uh, you know, that the Kennedy assassination was something that, that, that gripped him. And then like, you know, we have like the nine 11, then we have, there's just these things that happen that get, that are waking people up. And, and uh, for, for the, I guess they would say what, I don't know what they call generation Z or something. It would, it would probably be 2019. So, you know, it's good that God gives you know, these things happen. I know that God, I'm not saying that God wanted 
9-11 to happen, but these things are happening where it wakes people up and it, and it, and it brings people closer to God. And I, I think, what do you think the benefits are as a Christian knowing these type of, you know, conspiracies and also being deep into the word and, and, and knowing the word, like what's, what do you think the benefits of that are? Well, I think there's a great benefit for me. It was awakening to the spiritual battle that is raging. So Amen. the whole premise of these two books, uh, the first two, and then the third one is all about the false prophet and his role in the, in the coming global tyranny. Um, but the whole, the whole premise is that Satan is ever since he got kicked out of heaven after that failed coup attempt is conspiring with evil celestial beings, fallen angels and demons and the like, and human co-conspirators. Uh, those three make up the grand conspiracy to try to take over this world and defeat God. And so uh, until the, I realized that I kind of couched everything in terms of you know, the right-left paradigm, Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, you know, religious issues. I just kind of lost sight of the fact that there is a cosmic battle raging in the unseen realm that really is directly connected to what we see happening on earth. Now, not everything that happens is, you know, it's not like Satan pulls up a string and, and the puppets <laughs> dance. I mean, they're just bad people in this world that do bad things. So, so we don't want to be overly, we don't want to overstate the case. But at the macro level, uh, as I demonstrate in the book, uh, you know, there is a Luciferian elite who uh, in dark smoke-filled rooms in the, the far recesses of this globe are praying to Satan the same way you and I pray to Almighty God. They're getting their marching orders from him, and they have at their disposal a whole host of evil beings uh, that are talked about in Ephesians 6, as well as human uh, puppets that are working to kind of accomplish their goals. So let me just mention some of the topics that folks, I think, I know your audience will love. You've probably talked about a lot of these uh, subjects, but in the first volume, we sort of set the stage for the conspiracy, describe it, define it, I even diagram it out, the three layers of people at each layer. Uh, but then we get into some examples like Operation Mockingbird and the mm -hmm. false left paradigm, fake news, geoengineering. Yep. You mentioned earlier some of the subjects that people are afraid to talk about. I've had a few of those where I've, you know, early on talked about some of these things and was disinvited from conferences or they edited out my part of my messages because of it. Uh, the Hegelian dialectic, vaccines and big pharma, false flags, eugenics. And then, you know, you get over to volume, uh, volume two. And, you know, that's where we, that's where the lion's share of it starts to come into play. I get into things like uh, transhumanism, uh, Klaus Schwab, secret societies. I have a whole chapter on various secret societies, CFR, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, fake elections, global surveillance in the police state, two chapters on UFOs, UAP, the U.S. government, paranormal activity, including cryptids and things like Bigfoot, strange disappearances, uh, skinwalkers, shapeshifters, um, you know, the rise of Christian persecution, the gender, what I call the gender surrender movement, Hollywood, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the whole uh, satanic ritual abuse. So, you know, and I weave weave this together, and it doesn't mean I'm I'm right on everything. Obviously, I'm not a I'm not. This isn't the Bible. I'm fallible, unlike God's word. But you know, it's well researched. Uh, you know, each book has forty pages or more. I think one of them has sixty pages of citations at the back, so people can do their own research. And uh, but what I you know when I woke up, I was so uh, shocked at how easily I had been duped 
I started questioning everything. And I said, I want to go in and 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 just double check everything. And 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 I'm still doing that. I mean, it's a lifelong process until the Lord comes back. We we should be students of not only the word, but history. Yes. And uh it does, it takes a lot of research and and we appreciate you doing all that research. I do a lot of research for the podcast. I do a lot of research uh, as far as biblically, and it, it takes a lot of work just to even have a podcast. I could imagine writing a book, you know, I've, I've been approached to write a book on biblical cosmology before, um, but they just, I, I've done music, you know, I've done, so I just kind of know the gig, you know, and it's like, it's hard when um, I feel like some companies want to um, maybe take advantage of a first author, but I'll, I'll talk to you on it off the air. Maybe you can give me some advice on that, but yeah, yeah I've been approached on it before, but I just, you know, I, I'm trying yeah. to do too much already. <laughs> Well, I, I admire you and, and some of your colleagues that I've, that I've, I think that connected us and that I've had the privilege of uh, doing their shows before, because, you know, you're not afraid to to dive into subjects that are in, in some arenas, the third rail, you know, yeah, I can remember yeah. when 11 was the third rail, yeah. you know, and for the first, you know, 10 years or so of my speaking, we do a ton of speaking all across the country. Um, you know, I, I would avoid explicitly talking about that. Uh, only because there were so many people that were still blinded to it. Now, of course, the vast majority of Americans recognize that 9-11 was an inside job. Uh, the facts just don't add up. In fact, I think six of the 10 9-11 commission members actually now say it was an inside job. So that one's kind of run its course. But there are a lot of others that, um, you know, you and I may agree on some of them. We may not agree on others, but I, I appreciate the courage uh, that you're doing to st to stand up and look into it. I, I you know, I I think it's important for people to research everything, and nothing would surprise me at all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> once you once you're awake, nothing does surprise you at all. So, okay, you mentioned uh, that they go into dark alleys, or they go not dark alleys, like dark uh, you know conference rooms. So, like, uh, so Hebrews thirteen two, uh, it says, "Be not forgotten to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware." So, I believe that's talking about fallen angels and regular angels but do you believe that maybe satan like because it, it seems most of the time that i see angels coming to earth they're in human form you know like uh like lot when when the angels came to uh sodom and gomorrah uh they're able to eat they're able to grab right lot's wife you know physically um it seems like angels come in human form you know so do you believe that that satan is able to maybe sit at a conference room and speak to them in human form or do you think it's more of a spiritual uh, aspect to it? Uh, both and. I think it's both. You know, absolutely. Satan is an angel. He was a cherub. Uh, I mean, there's some question as to the classifications of celestial beings, both good and bad. Uh, in my books, I kind of keep it pretty simple. You've got good angels and fallen angels, but we know there are hierarchies in both realms. You've got archangels and those types of things, yeah. cherub, seraphim. But um but absolutely, Satan is an angel, and angels, by definition, can uh, take on human form. We've seen it both in the uh, fallen angel side with the Genesis 6 intrusion, as well yeah. as, um, you know, uh, uh, well, that's the main one. It's Of course, it's attested in the New, New Testament and the Old Testament alike. But certainly, as you mentioned, Hebrews 13, 2, good angels, uh, are, the angels are ministering spirits, and, you know, that person that uh, pulled, you know, stopped and helped you change a flat tire, you may never know. Maybe that was an angel, right? But you bring up a good point, and that is that in their physicality, when an angel, good or bad, uh, takes on human form, if you were to touch them, 
you would feel them. If you were yeah. to cut off their arm, they would bleed. We know that they have all the other elements of physicality because they could have sex with these women and produce children. So yeah. uh, I know that's very hard for some people to get their hands around, but that's just what the Bible says. We accept it because it's quite, uh, you know, quite plain. There's no wiggle room there in scripture. These are angels who left their proper domain, committed sexual sin, as Jude tells us, uh, and Genesis 6 describes, and the result was a race of hybrid uh, beings. They're, these, these Nephilim are not human beings. They're not redeemable. They don't have a soul. They are evil beings, but they're not pure angelic beings. They are hybrids. Uh, and um, so, yeah, these uh, Satan could be uh, the reason I said both and is because he absolutely could manifest as a human being and and talk to people. Uh, in my book, the volume two, I, I've got a fascinating dialogue about uh, that with a guy that I interviewed who was uh, a controlled satanic agent for most of his life, from a young boy up to his 50s. Um, and it's in chapter uh, 10. It's called uh, Something Really Strange Happened. But um you know, you know, he was, you know, either met Satan or certainly met some higher higher ups in the evil army. But Satan can also give his marching orders just through, you know, demonic voices, audible voices. He doesn't have to appear as a human to kind of direct the minions that are underneath him. Yeah, and I and I I read in Genesis three fifteen, and I will put enmity between thee uh, and the and the woman in between thy seed and her seed. So. It sounds like Satan has a seed, you know, and I know some people say that's the seed like of Cain and all that, but I, I believe, you know, he has a literal seed and that, that, that's why angels, you know, fallen angels, they have a seed and they are able to produce like they did in Genesis six. So I think that's interesting um, that, that God put that in there. So we know, and some people even take it to the point where they believe the antichrist maybe will be the literal seed of, 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 uh, of Satan, which is. Ryan Peterson, I've never heard of his book, but um, oh, yeah, I, I, I think Ryan, he gets. I know Ryan well. Uh, <laughs> we've worked together a lot at different conferences. Um, uh, we, he's agreed to come on the show. We just haven't found a date yet. Have you been able to have him on your show? Yeah, he's been on my show a lot. I ha I've had roundtables like with him on it, and and uh, he's had he's great. He's really great at uh, interviewing. But yeah, I've had him on, and yeah, he does a great job. God is God is great, man, and it's um at some point maybe we'll have you on a roundtable. I think that'd be great. I'd love it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you do have to wrestle with that Genesis 3.15 passage. It's one of those that I had kind of read past a number of times. And I've taught, you know, I taught for 12 years in, in academia full time at the college and graduate levels. And so I've taught demonology, angelology. I've taught the, you know, an biblical anthropology and what what is the uh, depravity of man. And so I've dealt with Genesis 3.15 a lot. But, you know, it, clearly we know that the seed of the woman, and it's capitalized in the New King James to indicate it's a reference to the future virgin birth and the Messiah, Christ himself. Mm -hmm. uh, but what is the seed of the serpent? I mean, yeah. what is that? So Orion, of course, takes that ultimately the Antichrist is going to be a Nephilim. Uh, that's why he calls his book, one of his books, The Final Nephilim, I think it's called. Yeah, The Final Nephilim, yep. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very open to that. I think we have to really look at the totality of the biblical evidence, and and there's nothing at face value anyway that precludes that from being the case. And it it definitely seems to match what Genesis three fifteen is saying. 
Yeah, which is which is amazing. But yeah, so interesting stuff on the secret society stuff. I've also done a, a ton of research on like college uh, and high school secret societies and like how it's almost like a draft pick for these for the Illuminati, you know, or for, for the secret for the for the higher up secret societies. They get tapped. They're they're usually part of like some bloodline or or you know, and you you see like all these secret societies in college. You can literally Google it, and every single major college has a secret society that's comparable to uh, at least one comparable to the Skull and Bones. So those people have all, I would say, almost to the point where you're you're pledging an oath to you know Satan, basically, right? So it's it's really interesting on on that, and you're going to see like board of representatives, House of Representatives, uh, Supreme Court. You're going to see CEOs of Ford, all these different people from high school. Uh, going to these eight preparatory schools and then they, they're in like a secret society like in high school all the way to college and then you see them end up in the trilateral commission the cfr all the way to the top you know presidents you know uh even like the skull and bones for example uh woodrow wilson his 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 dad started the skull and bones and then he became president you know mm -hmm. he went to yale with the skull and bones and became president you know so it's it, yeah. it was it happened fast that one of their members made it to the top so yeah, i think yeah. it Go ahead. I was going to just say, if, if any of your listeners have not watched the the film The Good Shepherd, that's uh, an excellent kind of uh, art imitates life reality of of the, the founding of the CIA and how Skull and Bones played a key role in that. But one of the things that's that's interesting about the secret societies is, you know, they they it's not just the ones from the universities like Skull and Bones, which is yeah. kind of the big one, but you've got Freemasonry. And then later, the Illuminati that were founded in America in 1776. Uh, you've got Knights Templar. You've got the Roundtable Group. Uh, you've got Opus Dei, Rosicrucianism, and several others. And they're not all like directly connected. They're all just different outposts that Satan uses to gain influential people and, and to, to train them up. Uh, but absolutely, Freemasonry and Skull and Bones are right there at the tip of the spear. Um, I mean, back in 2004, we had both candidates for president, yeah. W. Bush and, and Kerry, were skull and bones. Yep. And I, I, in the book, I, I give a transcript of an interview that each of them did during the campaign with uh, the Meet the Press guy. I forget his name. He, he died. Um, anyway, he was famous for he was the direct the leader of Meet the Press. His name will come to me in a second. But anyway, in both interviews, independently, he asked them each about yeah. Skull and Bones. And they this. both just kind of laughed it off. And But you could tell by the look in their eyes, they couldn't say, they, you know, we can't tell He's, you because it's secret. But he said, say. yeah, we can't tell you because it's, it's so secret. We can't tell you. And yeah. they smiled, you know, at the camera. So um, yeah. if, if you notice, it, you can literally take these people and, and trace them back to some type of secret society. Like even Bill Clinton, when he was going against George W. Bush, they both went to Yale so did uh, Hillary Clinton. They both went to Yale and, and he was in like uh, um, the, the younger version of Freemasonry. And then George Bush, he was George Bush uh, senior was in uh, a secret society in high school. Uh, he was in a secret society in his first college, which was Baylor. Then he was in a secret society at Yale as well, Skull and Bones. And then he joined the Trilateral Commission. And then he was the head of CIA. Then he, had, you, you, if you look at the resume that these gentlemen end up having when they go to these secret societies, it's it's it, it's just like you're gonna look at it. You're like, wow. I mean, having that kind of resume, like they start out as like, whatever. 
some type of government position and they just worked their way up. They end up at the, the top of the CIA and and just and then president of the United States, you know, so it yeah, just powerful friends and powerful places who can cover up all of their youthful indiscretions. I mean, look at W. I mean, they sanitized his record. Yeah. Widely known if you if you take the time, which a lot of conservatives don't, you know, a lot of conservatives just drink the Kool-Aid by the narrative. They don't take the time to do the research because they're afraid of reading liberals or progressives. But you need to read them because facts are facts. It doesn't matter if the progressive, the guy that writing the book is a progressive or not. You know, you may not agree with everything they say or their whole worldview, but when they've got incontrovertible evidence and documented, you know, pictures of letters and you know, th those types of things, it, it tells a story. And a lot of Christians uh, just basically, if they don't hear it on Fox News or Newsmax or something, they're not going to believe it. But W had quite a quite a past for those who took the time to, to look into it. And look into Dick Cheney as well. You know, if you want to, like George W. Bush wasn't even really the, 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 I don't even think he was the power. I think, I think his father was like, hey, we need to get Dick Cheney in there. So Dick Cheney looked like he was uh, actually you know, ruling, but George W. Bush was just along for the ride almost, you know? So you no see doubt. that even when 9-11 happened, George W. Bush was sitting there reading a book and uh, upside down, it was kind of weird, but anyways, he was, he was sitting there reading a book at elementary school, Dick Cheney, they took him immediately into the bunkers and they're asking him, what's the next move? As if he's the one that's president. So I think that's yeah. really- w, w, they they not only when the, when America was under attack, not only did they let him stick around there for 15 more minutes and give yeah. him a press conference, I mean, totally violating every conceivable rule of, of the Secret Service. But yeah, now, you know, you know, if you if you've followed any of my stuff, you know, my view is that all of the elections have been uh, selections for a long time. Of course. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree. Carter, for example, was handpicked at Bohemian Grove. Um you know, these these guys are, you know, it, it's gotten much, much easier to rig elections the last 20 years than it what you did with the digital technology than it used to be. But they were still rigged uh, for a long time. So, you know, uh, W was um, was put in for a reason. Um, Trump was put in for a reason. You know, right after W was in, you had 9-11. Right after Trump was in, you had the pandemic. I mean, these are not accidents, you know. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Carter also was part of the Gridiron Club, which is, uh, in you know, his college was uh, Georgia University. And actually, if you look up the Gridiron Club, it's interesting because every single senator and governor from Georgia have both been in the Gridiron Club all the way up to today. So each of them, Brian Kemp and the other guy, they've all been in it ever since 1930. The same yeah. exact secret society in college. So yeah. it's it's just... The it's, notion that... You know, a person could could grow up in this country and, you know, have a good, solid biblical worldview and be patriotic and want to make a difference in this country. And if they just work hard and and are honest, they can eventually become president. That's just so naive. It's it's all who, you know, and there is a powerful elite. Call it the deep state. Call it the global elite. Call it shadow government, whatever you want to call it. I They call themselves Luciferians at the top level. And I yeah. am Luciferian elite. Uh, whatever you call it, there's a powerful cabal that really, you know, nobody just gets into to Congress or, by the way, Senate, Supreme Court and most of the congressmen, in my view. I think it's like and, and if you think about it, even if there was a 10 percent, uh, you know, maybe 10 percent, they do allow maybe to get in there, let's say not as president, but as like a House of Representatives, something like that. 
as long as they have 90% that are that are dedicated to to Satan or to their their agendas, then hey, they'll let these people vote. No problem, because they'll never win. Right. Whatever way they want to go, they make sure it happens. And this is uh this is what we and, and and I'm telling you guys that are listening, even you know, your listeners as well. If you go and you you could start at high school, just put high school secret societies, you could find these people, CEOs, you can even see um, you can even see um the gentleman that owns Facebook. He was supposed to be some gentleman that that was just a random guy at Harvard that ended up coming up with this. But he went to these these college preparatory schools that I'm talking about with these secret societies, and he was also breeded to to uh, to do what he's doing. Obviously, like CIA. I mean, it's like basically CIA Facebook. But anyways, um, so it's just you'll you'll see that you'll you'll see governors, you'll see people that inventors, you'll see people that have the Nobel Prize. All these people have been involved in these secret societies in college, and I'm not saying that those are the main ones, but I'm just saying to you, it's like it just it just shows you goes to show you that if you went to San Bernardino College over here in California or VVC Victor Valley College you're probably not going to be the president of the United States like you were talking about you're going to you have to be selected and you have to have all this backing they won't even allow you on the ballot unless you're chosen or selected you know and yeah, and all these these all of these people they they have their public persona and the narrative that they've created such as, you know, Bill Gates was just some dorky, brilliant computer guy that worked in his garage. Next thing you know, he's a multi-billionaire. No, he wasn't. Look at his father. I mean, look yeah. at their lineage. Look at, like you said, the bloodlines. Uh, same thing with Zuckerberg. Same thing with Musk. You know, all these guys. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that the, that history does not also include, you know, your your guys that just worked hard and made a lot of money and, and, and tried to, as best they could, stay untainted from... Uh, all of the evils of of the cabal that 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 happens, and as long as you know they're not having too much influence, they'll let them go. It's called the Hegelian dialectic, controlled opposition. They got to yeah. make the conservative good guys think they have a voice. Um, but boy, if you get to be too influential or get too much of a following, man, they'll cut you down in a hurry. They did it to John F. Kennedy right in front of everybody. It just took him out and just showed and you if you're. They show you if you make it to this position and you try to do actually be a president, a patriotic president. I'm not I know that he was Democratic and I'm not a Democrat in any way, but he did a, a couple things there that was like, you know, I want to take the CIA out. I want to take the make the money, go back to the gold standard. There's a couple different things he did where they were like, eh, eh, we can't have that. So yeah. let me talk about JFK for just a second, if I may. Yes, because, please. Um, you know, I'm going to have Donald Jeffries on in a, in a week, and he's he's a top, you know, JFK researcher. He worked with uh, uh, Mark Lane in some of the early, right around the time of the Warren Commission, uh, truth seekers. But uh, and he's just a brilliant guy for many reasons. But as you said, JFK was not necessarily a moral guy. He had his issues. We may have disagreed on a lot of issues, but he was a wild card to them. He got in on a rigged election too, uh, the mob and his father and all that. They made sure he got in and the powers that be weren't too pleased with it. Uh, so especially once he started talking, showing some independence, and as you said, talking about getting rid of the CIA, uh, they weren't about to have that. So there's no question that the CIA and LBJ, in, in my mind, and, and in a lot of people's minds, by the way, that's not just speculation. There's some well-written, well-documented, you know, smoking gun evidence that these people were involved in it. Um, it. But, you know, Reagan is another one who 
you know, I'm not particularly a fan of Reagan, knowing what I now know about him. Um, yeah. Still a hero in a lot of conservatives' minds, but they just haven't taken the time to research uh, what he was <laughs> yeah, all about. Exactly. Um, by the way, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure Reagan was governor of California during the J when JFK was shot. Not that, no. it, not that it had anything to do with it, but it's just kind of interesting yeah. um, time to, to kind of put a stake in the ground time-wise. But Reagan also uh, kind of got a big populist movement, won in a landslide, to, you know, got into office and being somewhat of an outsider. I mean, he was a, a an actor before he became governor. Uh, he was not a not not from inside the beltway, in other words, from a long line of politics. You know, he had some independence. And so three months into his uh, first term, they uh, shot him. And I don't know if you've ever looked into that, but, you know, the not the, yet. <laughs> Oh, you need to look into it, man. This will blow you away. So the it turns out <laughs> the Bush family has a long-standing business relationship with the Hinckley family. Okay. Uh, John Hinckley's the one who shot Reagan. Well, the day after he was shot on happened to be shot on my birthday, March 30th. Uh, so it's oh, easy wow. to remember. Um, and the day after he was shot, uh uh George H.W., who was vice president at the time. One of his sons was scheduled to meet with John Hinckley's brother in Denver for dinner. And wow. this was the Houston, there's a Houston Post covered. The Houston Post isn't around anymore, but it, there were, used to be two papers in Houston, the Chronicle and the Post. And it was mainstream front, front page news. And the, the writer concluded, well, in, in a strange coincidence, you know, one of the Hinckley, the Hinckley's and Bushes know each other. And one of H.W. Bush's sons was scheduled calendared to have dinner in Denver with one of Hinckley's brothers. Uh, of course, in light of the shooting, they've canceled the dinner. That, that's kind of the way that read. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what are the odds of that, that a president gets shot and the vice president's son and the shooter's son are planning to have dinner the next day? I mean, come on. I know that's just obvious. And then, and then the bin Laden's, uh, Parents were having dinner with George uh, Bush uh, Sr. when 9-11 happened as well. Yep. So we have that. I mean, that's just too, there's too many coincidences there, you know. But going back to JF, JFK, so Lyndon B. Johnson's wife also owned the FCC. Lyndon B. Johnson was the vice president of, of John F. Kennedy. So she was she owned the FCC at the time, which obviously controls everything that goes out on the media uh, he was also uh, he had money uh, in Bell helicopters, so he made millions off the war. Uh, he's another guy, man. You can maybe kind of say mm, he probably knew. Uh, we had J. Edgar Hoover was a 33 degree Mason. Uh, there was six out of the seven uh, that did the Warren report were, were Freemasons. And then uh, Warren, he's also a 33 degree Mason. We got all these Freemasons all up in there. And uh, there's so much stuff with that. It's 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 insane, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we could go back to anything else you want to talk about. If we go to JFK, we're going to talk about it for hours. <laughs> LBJ was, uh, was more than just, you know, knew about it. I mean, I think he's yeah. in the field. Yeah, um, me too. I he's, think so he's too. Been, yeah, he's anybody from Texas. I went to high school and college in Texas, have a lot of family down there. It, you know, anybody, everybody knows he was, he was dirty to the core. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this, this whole idea of, bloodlines is is critical to understand and understand especially in the history of this country i make the case in my books that you know when the the first pilgrims came over in 1620 
they were God-fearing, Bible-believing, you know, uh, patriot, or not necessarily patriots, but people that were just wanting to have a place to worship God. And this was, uh, you know, a, a, a new land and it was, you know, they came over. Well, by the time 150 years goes by and we have the founding fathers come over, they were all free, not all of them, but many of the key ones were Freemasons. They were sent over here by Satan's earthly cronies over in Europe to create a beachhead for the New World Order. That's the reason they called it the New World, because it wanted they wanted to have a beachhead for the New World Order. Um, and so they came over, and yeah, they had... Not not all of them were controlled, just like not all of the politicians today are controlled, but many of them were. Uh, they uh, came up with a great uh, constitution that was better than anything we've ever seen before or since, but that doesn't mean they were all Christian. And so what I try to describe in my book is, is, is how God's fingerprints were all over the founding of this country, but yet Satan's were too. And because God's fingerprints were on the founding of this country, it took these Luciferians a lot longer than they thought to try to get control because the power of the spirit, the power of God's people, the power of the Bible, uh, you know, it, it it was a restraining influence. But uh, it's well documented that around the turn of the 20th century in the early 1900s, that's when uh, the likes of Rockefeller, Carnegie, Ford, uh, DuPont, all the great, you know, wealthy elites of this country got together and decided if we're going to usher in the one world system, we're going to have to destroy America as it has become, you know, this Christian nation. And so, you know, what do you see happening around the early 20th century? You see two wars, <clears throat> you see takeover of the finance system, establishment of the Federal Reserve, establishment of the income tax, taking over of big pharma, creation of Western medicine, takeover of the textbook industry, all of the higher yeah. education, the boards of the schools, and and then here we are 120 years later and and look we can't even define a woman you know we can't you know we have tr transgenders we have gender surrender we have um you know just crime and immorality and you mentioned the the, the turn, you know the progression of tv or the digression I should yeah, say yeah 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 <laughs> so i mean that was by design this didn't just happen organically they just they took the bull by the horn so to speak and they said we're going to destroy this country and by the way, I have a chapter in volume two on the Luciferian timetable. And it's very fascinating to me that as early as the 1930s and 40s with uh, Alice Bailey and Helena Blavatsky, two Satanists, yeah. uh, they were, Alice Bailey anyway, was channeling a demon called Master DK. And, uh, you know, she 15 times in 10,000 pages of writings that she claims came from a demon, she talks about the year 2025. This was in 1940. So, you know, and we have several other, I give several other evidences in the book that the, the Luciferians have been, Satan's earthly puppets have been targeting this decade that you and I live in right now, yeah. try to usher in the one world system. And I always point out, it doesn't mean it's going to happen because God's the one that's in charge, but it's helpful to know the, you know, the enemy's blue. I mean, if the Cowboys had known what Green Bay's game plan was, they might have actually not gotten their butts kicked in the playoffs the other day. Uh, so it helped knowing the enemy's blueprint can be very helpful. Uh, and and I think we're living in a pretty, a pretty important time when the enemy is doing everything he can to to bring about the one world system.
I think so too. Yeah, it's it's coming down the the pocket. They 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 seem like they were trying to push for you know twenty thirty, you know agenda twenty thirty, and I think they cut five years off of it. I believe you know, and they're, they're trying to push it sooner, a lot sooner. We're seeing that. Um, we got the first person that got the brain implant from uh, Elon Musk. Uh, you know they got that going now. So transhumanism seems like it's on the board. Uh, we got AI in full swing which, you know, is very demonic, you know, I believe that there's demons, you know, Legion maybe in the, in the AI, um, I think that's happening and, uh, people wanting to jump into the metaverse instead of living the regular life, you know, so you can either live for, forever on earth or you could be in heaven with God. You know, what do you want to do? You know, a lot of people want to live forever on earth and, and they don't trust in, in the, in the word anymore. And, um, there's so much, like I said, there's so much on our plates that they try to stack up. It's, it's hard for people to, to pick up the word of God and believe it. You know, um, they're, they're indoctrinated when they took over those textbooks, like you talked about the Rockefellers, they made sure that they, they tried to make uh, evolution a fact, the big bang a fact. And, and for me, I know that you don't believe in this yet, but uh, heliocentricity a fact. So everybody's stuck in that. So once you pick up the Bible and you find out that it's 6,600 years, as opposed to 13.8 billion years, and you find out that God's the one that created us and, and everything comes after its kind. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you all of a sudden you look at the, at, at the textbook it's teaching you all this stuff ever since grade school as being fact when all it is is just theories, uh, it's just gets it gets really interesting, and that's just one element of this agenda. When you're talking about, you know, what's happening now with the genders and all that, we I want to pray for them though. You know, I I you know I, I couldn't imagine having that type of um, dysphoria or you know my mind being that confused. Thank God that I don't have something like that, but. It's just, uh, you know, Satan is working however he can. He wants to try to make it so you can't have kids. The, that, the way to do that is to make it so you date, you know, another guy or another girl, you know, or there's just a whole bunch of stuff to it. <laughs> spot on. Yeah. I mean, man, you said a lot there that I, I just, I, I, I love to comment on. So first of all, Satan hates humanity because humanity is God's highest pinnacle of creation. We're made in the image of God. We're little image bearers of God. So when he sees us, he hates us. He hates us for a lot of reasons. Number one, because he can't create life out of nothing. He can't speak the world into existence ex nihilo. So he's trying to marginalize mankind, kill mankind. And then, of course, with the whole transhumanist agenda, he's trying to create something better, the whole concept of build back better and, and uh, transcending humanity and so mm. forth. So absolutely, this is all part of his plan because you can't have children if you're, you know, you don't have heterosexual relationships. Um, but, you know, going back to to the uh, heliocentric model, I mean, believe me, I absolutely, it's not lost on me that the, the time when the deception really ratcheted up in this country anyway, coincides with compulsory government schooling, which became mandatory in every state in 1918. Uh, the fact that they put globes in every state, in every classroom. Um, it, it's not lost on me that the evolutionary theory basically tries to marginalize mankind and the earth as being at the center of the universe, which we had thought for years. And instead, we're just one tiny speck among billions of galaxies. It marginalizes us, right? But all of that is, is one of the reasons why I've always been intrigued by that whole, uh, you know, whole viewpoint. But I just can't get there with some of the evidence that, that I've seen. But, but I totally respect those who are studying it and researching and encourage everybody to research it. Cause you know what? I could be wrong. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise me 
uh, in the least. Uh, but, you know, it, it's deception is running rampant. And, and by the way, talking about transhumanism in the newest book that just came out last September, which is Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global uh, Technocracy, uh, I have a whole chapter uh, on AI in great detail. It's the biggest chapter in the book. I have one on uh, chat GPT. I have one on hacking and tracking, uh, brain-computer interfaces, uh, all of the stuff that we were just talking about with Elon Musk. Um, they they really think that they can cheat death. You know, Satan's first lie that he ever told, according to the biblical narrative, is you can sin and get away with it. He said to Eve, you shall not surely die. You can eat this apple, you know, proverbial apple, and you won't die. And that's the same lie that these Luciferian elites are telling today is that, you know, you can sin and get away with it. And uh, you can, you know, live forever. You don't have to face death. Uh, and they're having to do it since they're not God. <laughs> and, and Satan's not God. He's not omniscient, omnipotent, or omnipresent. They're having to use technology to try to achieve these ends. That's what the whole new book is all about, the rise of the global technocracy. A technocracy is using technology to control, and, and that's that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. But you know, I hope if folks are listening that uh, you know, because I know you draw from a lot of a wide audience of people that are just kind of going down this rabbit hole. Uh, listen, if you don't know the Lord, that's priority number one because man it's it's heating up quick and uh you know the bible is very clear that christ died for our sins and rose from the dead he's the only hope you can't be smart enough work hard enough do enough perform well enough to overcome the penalty of sin it's it's got to be a free gift uh jesus paid a debt he didn't know because we owed a debt we could never pay and he took your place on the cross uh and he defeated death hell and the grave when he rose from the dead and now he offers freely to all this gift of eternal life, but you have to receive it. It's not automatic. In the same way that God didn't force Adam and Eve to sin, he doesn't force us to receive the remedy for sin. It's a free choice. Whosoever will, let him come drink of the water of life freely. And you do that by simply trusting in him. So I just want to throw that out there because a lot of this stuff's pretty heavy stuff, man. And and uh, everything we're going over, yeah. So um so uh Colossians, first Colossians 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things that uh, might have preeminence. So, we got to understand that that's talking about Jesus, right? That's talking about, you know, Yeshua, the Mashiach. So it says that who is the image of the invisible God? So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You guys got to understand that. So because God is spirit, right? So that's interesting. So uh, we got to understand how powerful that is. You know, like when creation happened, it was spoken into existence. Now, I think what's happening with Satan, which is interesting, is I think he's trying to become omnipresent as he can, the as, as much as he can by using technology. Getting If you get brain implants and every single person has brain implants, they'll be able to see through a camera a lens of everybody know everybody's thoughts almost that's one thing he can't do either i don't believe that he can read your mind but he knows your patterns i think that i think the demons know your patterns they know what you are into uh, but they don't they can't read your mind like god is going to know your every thought 
every 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 desire, every passion, he's going to know your heart. But Satan can't do that. So he's trying to get as close as he can to being like God. That's why it says that in Isaiah where it talks about he never says he's going to be above God because God is the most high. He knows he can never be above God, but he wants to be like God. So slowly, like a slow release pill, he's getting closer and closer to being not like God, but, you know, somewhat close with all this technology. He's to, trying to do his best, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, and I know you've studied this, I'm sure, as well, Josh. It's not just technology. That's been the latest thing. And man, are they all excited about technology. Uh, but for decades, for 100 years, Satan's been trying to control the mind, mind control projects through chemicals, through psychological operations. Uh, and they've they've made some incredible advancements, uh, you know, with things like MK Ultra and some of those uh, broader uh, programs where you'd be shocked at how easily a trained person can can come in. And I believe it's demonic, ultimately, uh, can come in and, and, and make and control your mind without actually cutting open your head and putting a piece of technology in there. So it really is a battle for the mind. I mean, you mentioned Colossians 1, which by the way, the passage you read, I think it's quite interesting that it talks about visible and invisible dominions, principalities, and powers. We see that in uh, Ephesians 6 as well, just a yeah. reminder that it's a spiritual battle. But in uh, Colossians chapter 2, uh, Paul reminds us that it really is a battle for the mind. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Only time that word is ever used in the Bible, by the way, is right there in Colossians 2.8. Philosophy, philo, love, sophia, wisdom, love of wisdom, meaning love of man's wisdom, so philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to... Uh, to Christ. And so it, it really is, we're supposed to be rooted and built up in him. It's We're supposed to guard the mind, Paul says in Romans 12, to, to be transformed by renewing your mind. Um, and uh, sorry about that. No, no worries. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, they, they've targeted the mind because think about how powerful the mind is. I mean, God created mankind in his image, which means we have capacities that no other created being has you know animals in the jungle they don't all get together and have a meeting and decide you know i don't think i don't like the lion as my leader i think we're gonna stage a coup or we're gonna <laughs> no, it's just all animalistic that's where that term comes from when people behave like animals they're behaving without a conscience without a volition without a free will and so satan hates that he hates our minds and that we use our minds to worship the creator. Uh, so he's attacking the mind. And that's why we have so much mental illness today. We have so much uh, depression today and and just uh, people using uh, drugs and uh, things to try to create an altered state because uh, you know it's all it's all demonic in its core. I agree 100%. and and you see a lot of people that are on the streets. Even like I know somebody that's on the streets and 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 I tried to help him like actually get, you know, to a certain point. Now he's finally doing good and I he listens to the show. So he's finally doing good. But you know, there's there's some people that are on the streets though that are that are being, I believe they're being spiritually attacked 
Some of them might have been in witchcraft before. Some of them might have been in certain things that were the de- where they owe the demon, you know, because that's what happens. They think that they can't get away from it, even though if you know that they get saved, they're they're, they're going to get away from it, you know. But it's 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 scary and it's sad for them, you know. And um, uh, it's just crazy, man. But yeah, and it also mentioned right there on uh Second uh, Colossians uh, ten, it says, "And ye are complete in Him, which He is the head of all principality and power." So when you talk about Ephesians 6, 12, when it says, you know, principalities, thrones, dominions, and even in the Geneva Bible, it actually talks about worldly governors. I think that's interesting. I don't know if you ever went back to the Geneva, but when you go to Ephesians 6, 12, the Geneva Bible is not only talking about principalities and high places, but it's also talking about worldly governors and princes. So black nobility, uh, you know, people we're talking about right now. <laughs> so we, well, we need to be aware of that. A thousand years before Christ, King David wrote in Psalm 2 about how the rulers of this world mm, are yes, firing yes. together. Why? Because they don't like uh, the cords of God's control. Think of a cord as binding someone up. Yes. And the strong man in Jesus' day at the Gadarenes and breaking the chains. They don't like to be bound up. These demons don't like to be controlled. They have control issues, you know, and Satan. <laughs> Uh, is, you know, these rulers, these world governors, these world presidents and prime ministers are conspiring together. But of course, we know from Psalm 2 that God just laughs at them because from God's perspective, he's already installed his king, the eternal son on the throne, and he's going to rule with a rod of iron someday. But, you know, we've got to, we've got to get there. We're not there yet from human perspective and the time-space continuum. We've still got to wait and, and wait for the Lord to come back and wait for all things to be made new. But uh, I tell you what, if, if a person is not prepared, um, they're just a sitting duck. And, 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 and you just pointed out how Christ is the head of all this. Folks, that's why you need to know Jesus. You, know, yes. you need to know him. He's the only hope. And I encourage folks to, to trust in him. Yes, trust in him for sure. Yeah. And, and this, all the stuff we talked about was, was amazing. And um, what, what's your view before, before we, before we end, What's your view uh, on 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 end times? Are you like um, you know? There's that some people believe in the 70th week of Daniel, uh, you know, coming. There was a church age before that, uh, you know, the seven year tribulation, uh, Antichrist, three and a half years of peace, and then you know the abomination of desolation, and then, then the great tribulation starts. What I mean, I I had that exact when I first started the podcast, and I've and I've had people on that have that exact uh, you know thought, and then you know about eschatology, but some people have different thoughts, what I, which I didn't even know about, you know, all millennialism yeah. and all this different stuff and having a podcast, you know, you get, you get a bunch of different views that you never heard before. And it just becomes really interesting now when you look at life. So no, Josh, that's a great question. And, um, you know, the thing about the conspiracy world, especially in the last few years, when more and more people are waking up is it does bring together a lot of people from varied backgrounds and, but, you know, what's unique about my approach is that I was a biblicist first. You know, I had spent my years in ministry and teaching and higher education and student of the word, studied it at the highest levels, got a PhD in that. And not that that makes me anything. I don't even think about it in those terms anymore because I haven't been in academics since 2012. But I'm just saying that was my world. And then I woke up to the grand conspiracy so for me, I've got to run everything through the lens of scripture. And I am an unapologetic and passionate 
believer in dispensational premillennialism. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there about dispensationalism. I've had some of the top scholars in the world on this subject on, like Dr. Lee Brainerd and Dr. Tommy Ice. And we've we've had a couple of podcasts recently called Debunking Rapture Debunking and Debunking Rapture Debunking again, because you got these tired old embarrassing arguments out there that people should be ashamed to even bring up about Margaret McDonald and stuff that's been completely debunked for those who take the time to to look at it. And so I absolutely do believe that the Bible, when you take it in its literal, grammatical, historical uh, understanding, the way words are intended to be used on the page, you will arrive at a distinction between Israel and the church. Uh, the church is a mystery, as Paul describes in First Corinthians in uh, Ephesians 3. And uh, we are God's envoys today in this present age. But God is not through with Israel. The church did not replace Israel. Romans 9 through 11 makes that clear. Okay. The church is going to be raptured before the 70th week of Daniel. Then God's spotlight shifts once again to Israel, just like it did for the first 69 weeks. That word week in Hebrew is Shavuah. It means seven-year period. Uh, if you do the math, we know that the first year of that you know, 490-year uh, plan that God gives Daniel occurred in the year of Artaxerxes when he issued the decree. It ended, this, this you know, 483rd year ended when Christ came at the first advent, but you've got seven years that are still unfulfilled, and they're going to be fulfilled literally just like the first ones were. So I believe the rapture is going to happen um, before the 70th week of Daniel. Then there's a gap of time of some unknown length when things are going crazy and you've got all kinds of prophecies being fulfilled. But at some point, the Antichrist is going to rise to the fore, orchestrate a peace treaty, uh, and then that starts the clock ticking on the final seven years, uh, culminating with Christ's triumphant return at the Battle of Armageddon. But, you know, like you, I have people on my show that don't uh, hold to a pre-trib view. They might be pre-wrath. I've spoken in churches that are pre-wrath. Um, you know, I'm pretty passionate about it, but I respect people, especially if they come at it from a biblical viewpoint. Of course, of course. They're not just, you know, in, you know, dismissing pre-tribulationism without studying it. They've, they've just come to a different conclusion. I respect that. But definitely, uh, you know, our position is uh, pre-tribulation. Okay. Uh, another question for you. When they say Israel in the Bible, can you replace that with like Hebrew Israelites? Uh, do you think that is it really the state of Israel? Is it the people? Is it the 12 tribes of Israel? What are they referring to when you say Israel? Because some people believe that it's the actual state of Israel and the people that are there right now. Some people believe that the 12 tribes are all over scattered across the world and they're not together yet in, in, a, in a state. You know, what's they're your not. opinion on that? Yeah, they're not right now. I mean, some of them have come back. Uh, okay. But first of all, the definition of Israel, Israel is both an ethnicity of uh, tracing its lineage back to Abraham, uh -huh. but it's also a geography because God gave it, Abraham in Genesis 15, the boundaries of the promised land that are geographic in nature. So context always has to determine meaning, obviously. And in some contexts, it's referring, referring to the geography of Israel. In some cases, it's referring to the lineage of Israel. In, in the Bible, you've got four seeds of Israel. Uh, four seeds of Abraham, I should say. Uh, you've got the ethnic seed, which means they are ethnic Jews who trace their lineage back to Abraham. Then you've got the spiritual ethnic Jews that Paul talks about in Romans 9, himself being one of them, and that is ethnic Jews who've also believed the gospel and become Christians, right? So they're spiritually born again. Then you've got the spiritual seed of Abraham, 
That's Gentiles who've gotten saved, and they're therefore going to receive the blessings that were promised globally to Abraham. But then Galatians tells us there's one ultimate seed of Abraham, and that's Jesus Christ. So he's the ultimate fulfillment of everything in the kingdom. But the yeah. promise to Abraham was that through Israel, through his seed, the whole world would be blessed. So in modern day, you've got modern day Israel, you've got Orthodox Jews, you've got secular Jews. A lot of the leadership in Israel today is, is most of them are unbelievers. They're not Christian. Yes. No. But even beyond that, some of them aren't even good Jews. They're just <laughs> secular Israelites, if you will. So you got to you gotta kind of keep it all straight. And I think there's a lot of emotion involved ever since the Hamas attacks on October 7th. People are talking past each other. But remember, you've got political Zionism, but you've also got biblical Zionism. Um, Which is the most I, important for us. It is the most Zionism. important, no yeah. doubt. And I've taken some heat because I've pointed out that because Israel is in the land in unbelief today, this isn't, they, they won't be in the land in belief until Christ comes back, Matthew 24, 31, and regathers them after the tribulation. But, um, you know, they're they're not perfect, right? I mean, they're, you know, the, the, I've taken some heat for that, and especially talking about how there could be rogue elements of Israel's leadership in the same way that there's rogue elements of the United States leadership, Right. I just, I find it. There's 100%. I don't even want. No there's doubt. 100%. And if people don't believe that, then you just. But for some people, oh. they just are so blinded in their, in their Israelology. I know. I know. That they can't go in. But what's funny about it is those same people have no trouble criticizing Biden or Obama or Hillary. And so in other <laughs> words, just intellectually, they know that there are certain elements in our government that are bad now yeah there's naive in the sense that they think it's only the democrats but as you and i've talked about there's it goes both ways but even but conceptually they can conceptualize the notion that a an otherwise good country could have bad leaders and even in the bible we see israel has a rich history of bad leaders ahab jezebel so on and so forth so yet sometimes when you bring that up today in the context of this war, people just go apoplectic and they're like, what? You, you mean you criticize it? Like you're a Hamas terrorist because you criticized Netanyahu oh, like that. Yeah. It's like, uh, to me, it, it's really frustrating, but so that's, yeah. And they're using, a, they're using Bible verses to say why they're doing things. And I think yeah. that's, that is terrible for yeah. them to, for him to do, to say that these guys are the Amorites and that's why we're killing them. Like, what are you talking? You don't even, you're not even a Bible believer. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think he is. Who knows if he is? I'm not trying to judge the guy, but yeah. And it, and you're right. People get very crazy about it. And I think it's there and it's on purpose. The agenda is there. It's to yeah, suck all the Christian con conservatives to back up them. And then they suck all the, uh, you know, the Democrats to back up that it's, it's, it's divide and conquer all over again, you know? Yeah. And, and the main thing that we need to realize is there's people actually dying. You know, I was in the military before I didn't, luckily God didn't have me kill anybody. I was just feeling helicopters and they were going and doing the killing and, and that's terrible, man. So I just think that people need to understand that people are dying behind all these arguments you know that that's the main thing we need to understand they are and but i want to be clear too in what i said earlier i mean i'm not suggesting that hamas isn't terrible they're they're horrible and the stuff that they did is i mean these are terrorists this isn't another country war is hell war is bad, bad innocent people die in, in war all the time i get it but you know what hamas did is horrible and israel has a right to defend herself against hamas 
But what I'm saying is that there are rogue elements in every government that could have ulterior motives. And when Israel kills innocent people by accident, see the difference between Hamas and Israel is Hamas believes in collateral murder. They, they're seeking out innocent people to kill. That's what terrorists do. Israel, you know, by and large, and there are exceptions because there could be rogue elements, but by and large, they have a rich history in modern Israel of doing everything they can, dropping leaflets and whatever, to avoid civilian casualties. Do they make mistakes? Absolutely. Look what America's done. We've killed all kinds of innocent people through the years. So I'm not, you know, when I when I am trying to be constructive in my description of Israel, I'm not suggesting that um, Israel is unjustified. All I'm saying is there's a bigger agenda here in my mind, and it's a little more complex than people think. But absolutely, Hamas needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. I mean, they're they're. I mean, you would agree with that, right? Yeah, I my my whole thing is like this. My whole thing is like this. We have rules of engagement when you're in the military. So whenever you go over and you're about to get dropped off in Iraq, they're going to tell you before you you know this that if you commit this. You act. You if you see somebody with an AR-15 or AK-47, you don't you don't just shoot them, because they could be carrying that AR-15 at all times to 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 protect their neighborhood. You know what I mean? So we just need to realize that there's rules of engagement, and if a country is not following those rules of engagement, then that then that's not good. You know, and I've seen a lot of stuff, and who knows what's going on? Because what I want to tell people is. Dude, there's there's so much lies and deceptions that people are going to teach you on the news, whether you're watching Fox or you're watching. It's like we both know. And, and I know you're so awake to this stuff. But oh, yeah. I my whole thing is just that um, we need to pray for, you know, we need to pray for both sides at all times. And we need to pray for the Russians and we need to pray for Ukraine. We need to pray for everybody, you know, because if it's an enemy to the United States, it doesn't mean it's an enemy to God. You know what I mean? We think like that because we think United States is like always fight, but we need to pray for all of it because it's just terrible that there, that, that the wars are being fought for resources, for land, for money, for oil, for everything that's happening right now. It's not a, it, you know, right. Right. And so what, what, when we, when I say we need to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth, I'm not saying Arabs. No way. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about how I these guys, you know, but you're right. The problem is, you know, there are rules of engagement. And and I think sometimes in our fury, we're not showing restraint and and making sure that we've got the right guy. You know, that's what we yeah. did with Iraq. We went over and killed a million Iraqi civilians. And Iraq, even in the official narrative, had nothing to do with 9-11. At even all. In the Narrative. Yeah. So when people die and when innocent people die in horrific atrocities like what we saw, you know, on 9-11 or in the Hamas attacks, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is let's go kill a bunch of people. And I just think, you know, I I I hope we do hunt down every Hamas terrorist who is an actual Hamas terrorist and Hezbollah yeah. and Islamic Jihad and all of these others. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, I personally think there's a bigger agenda at play here. Oh, we know that there is. I, I think so, too. Well, we'd agree. But, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm not going to take too much of your time because now it's probably getting closer to like 12 something. Right. Aren't they? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you I are a trooper. Power. You are such uh, a trooper. <laughs> yeah, we're headed down to uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. We've got a conference this weekend, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And so I'm in Dallas at a hotel tonight and um, 
but man, this is great. I, I love talking about this stuff as you can tell, uh, you know, so yeah, anytime I'd love to, to come back on, do, do some more discussion. We went from like subject to subject to subject to subject. I think perfectly. So God yeah. is so great. You know, I really appreciate you coming on and, and you're, you have a PhD. So you've, you've been researching the Bible so much. And, and that's why I like to get to find out, you know, if you've been studying the Bible for this long and, and I like to find out what your eschatology is just to see, because I, I see that, you know, um, I see there's a lot uh, in the conspiracy world right now, especially there's a lot of people that are being led uh, in different ways, you know, and I like to find out what your, your thought on, on eschatology was. And, and it's, you know, it's spot on. I love it. It's interesting. And uh, I appreciate everything you do. Uh, I'm going to definitely have you back on where we could, um, maybe we'll lock a subject where we just kind of just attack that subject, whatever you feel like you want to do, whatever God puts on your heart, we could do. And um, I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. I'll, I'd like to send you the three books uh, so that you can kind of look through some of the subjects that resonate with you. Maybe we can talk about that. And uh, for your listeners, if you're interested, uh, again, our website is notbyworks.org. Uh, we have a very robust online store with all kinds of books, DVD, streaming video. But if you want just to go straight to the books, it's spiritofantichrist.org and spiritofthefalseprophet.org. Both of those landing pages, Spirit of the Antichrist and Spirit of the False Prophet.org uh, will get you there and you can kind of see if it's something that you might want to go down the rabbit hole as well. Can you shout out your Rumble as well so they could they could, uh, they could could find you on there too? Yeah, so Rumble, uh, if you just, any any social media platform, the easiest thing is just search for Not By Works Ministries or uh, NBW Ministries, but our Rumble channel is just Not By Works. So rumble.com slash not by works or just search for not by works ministries. It'll come right up. It's all on our website as well. And when I, when I post the show, I'm going to tag you. It's NBW ministries on, on Instagram as well, right? Yes. Uh -huh. Okay, and perfect. All right. So um, I appreciate everything you do for us. We always end this in prayer. So we'll go ahead and end this in prayer. So father God, in the name of Jesus, we appreciate everything you do for us. We went over a vast amount of subjects here. You know, we just want to ask that you uh, protect JB as he's going to these different conferences, uh, you know, you know, have a legion of angels surrounding him. I know that he's digging and diving into subjects that people are very uncomfortable with. If you can help him to teach these subjects, help them teach the Bible to his greatest ability, anybody that he's in front of, uh, have them have open ears. Uh, we want to uh, shake and wake the public, you know, to, to uh, getting closer to you, Lord, to finding out, you know, we just want to, um, if you could supernaturally uh, help JB to just uh, do what he needs to do as far as, um, you know, his ministry and, and his mission. And uh, Lord, we like to always say thank you so much for, for, for even giving us the Bible to read and for us, for us being able to be literate enough to understand it. You know, thank you for the Strong's Concordance where we can go back to the Hebrew and the Greek and find out what you were trying to uh, say to us. We know that all scriptures inspired by God. We know that you inspired all the scriptures. And we just want to say thank you for us having the opportunity to even to even be able to read your Bible and to be able to teach from your Bible. What a blessing it is. Father God, we love you. We appreciate everything you do. Please bless his ministry, Lord, and help him uh, do what he needs to do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, JV. We're going to, I'm going to be in contact with you. We will definitely have a show. And I, what I'll do as soon as uh, this show um, uploads, I'm going to Google Drive and send it to your email right away. Uh, I'll try to do audio and video if that's all right with you. All sure, right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll post both of them. Send me your address so I can drop those uh, books in the mail. I have my daughter. She works for us back at the office. She'll send them to you.
and I'll uh, I'll buy one of them to make sure I buy one and you can send the other ones if you like. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Everybody that's listening, please do me a favor. And um, anything you find on audio, if, if he has you have audio as well. Right. Um, give him a five star review uh, on his audio, uh, Spotify and, and, and all that stuff. And also uh, follow him on, on Rumble. And if you guys could give us a five star review to help our show and our algor- algorithm and subscribe to our YouTube. We appreciate everything you guys do. And God bless you.